On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. We want to return to the issues that we all saw in the videos that were posted from Cherry Orchard on Monday night. The deliberate ramming of two Garda cars by Joyriders and some of the issues that it's raised, which have been discussed, we suspect at some length, uh, in the last couple of days, including by, by local councillors, all of whom say that this is nothing new and that this is in fact something which has been scourging that area for, for quite a long time. Uh, we're joined on the line by the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. Minister, um, good afternoon and thanks very much for joining us uh, online. Um, you, first yeah. of all, um, you were in Cherry Orchard yourself uh, on Friday the afternoon. So you might just first of all just bring us up to speed on what exactly you were announcing when you were there. Well look firstly I was in Cherry Orchard to meet with uh, community representatives to meet with leaders I suppose who have been working in the community for a number of years um, to meet with local representatives as well from right across the political divide and to meet with Angarda Siakana so the superintendent to me in his station in Ballyfermas um, and to engage with the community to see what more I can do and how much more I can support, not just in Garda Siakana, but also the community. And I think what came out very clearly from the meeting with the Gardaí, but then subsequently with the community, is yes, people want a hard response and a criminal justice response because what happened the other evening is not acceptable. It's not okay for people to be subjected to this literally right outside their doorstep. But separate to that, people want a longer term solution because so much of this is coming from issues within the community that are, you know, that end up with essentially teenagers and young children getting into this type of behaviour. So, Mm. you know, I wasn't there to announce anything. I was there firstly to listen to engage, to hear what more we can do and to plan what we do next. So from a from a Garda point of view, it's supporting the Garda. It's, it's about as much high visibility policing as possible. It's making sure they have the supports in place that they need. It's investment in technology and Garda cars and all of the equipment that they require to do their job. But then separate, it's really coordinating a response for the community so that it's not just about the Gardaí, that it's about the local supports, it's about the youth intervention strategies, it's about the wider investment in that community itself and how mm. do we drive it and how do we coordinate it. So a, lo- a lot was discussed okay. and I suppose there's, there's a lot of things that we need yeah. to focus on. Now. If the local guards are, are calling for, for extra resources and you've sort of, you've heard that and you want to deal with that now, is that to suggest, and I don't mean this as a sort of a, a gotcha question, but is that is that to suggest that they have been demonstrably up to now under-resourced in dealing with all of this? Well, look, I mean, if, if you look at the Ballyfirm at Garda Station, like many stations over the last number of years, they've seen an increase in their numbers, but that's not to say they couldn't do it more. So, I mean, a huge priority for me over the past two years has been getting more, well, getting Garda numbers into Templemore, getting recruits into Templemore and getting them out on the beat. And unfortunately, with COVID, things have been slowed down simply by the fact that a we couldn't have people in Templemore, then we had limited numbers. And now obviously we're trying to ramp that up. So we will get to a stage very soon where we have 200 coming mm. out every 12 weeks and they will go to stations okay. like Ballyfermot and right across. But, but, but have, have, is, have they been, been under-resourced up numbers. till now? No, no and I, well, Look, I think every station would say they'd like more numbers, but mm. I think what you saw the other evening, um, some of it was in response to significant policing work that has been happening in the area. I mean, you had a specific operation underway by Gardaí, plainclothes and um, uh, undercover Gardaí, which saw seven people arrested over the last few weeks, people who were key to a lot of the behaviour that's been happening in Cherry Orchard. So it's not that Gardaí, nor myself and the department and others are only mm. responding to this for the first time this week. This is being an ongoing response, but 
I appreciate there's more need to be done yeah. and I suppose that's why I was there to yeah. say that that there is more need to be done and it, it, it was claimed I'm during to that. it was claimed during the week that that station in Ballyfermot for, uh, under which is, is responsible for policing the Cherry Orchard area that it only has one full time squad car which of course then means that when it was rammed on Monday night that it was potentially left for a while with, with no squad car is that true? So no, that that's not true. And look, I think it's easy to say, well, a station only has one car and here's a video footage of one car arriving on its own. There were a significant number of cars that arrived after that. But, you know, we don't see that footage. But that's a matter for the Gardaí to say what they have mm. and don't have. There's always a number of visible Garda cars, but also unmarked cars. And having been in the station on Friday, having spoken to the superintendent and others, it is absolutely not the case that there is only one Garda car. Okay. That's not saying, as I said, you know, they can't have more and, and more bicycles and more other means to actually respond to these type of incidents. But look, it's it's easy to say there's only one car and that's what caused this, but that's not the case. And I think we, you know, we have to look at making sure that those who are responsible, because irrespective of all of the challenge that is that the community might be facing, mm. you know, somebody could have been killed, the two guardy in the car, you know, it was a horrific thing for them to go through, but you, you had children, you had people hanging around outside, anybody could have been injured. So there has to be a really strong criminal justice response, a guard response. There have to be repercussions. But again, getting back to that's not just the only thing we have to look at here as well. Well, what else do, do we have to look at? Because, um, you know, people might say, and sometimes the media is cured of sh- uh, accused of shying away from this, people might say that Cherry Orchard is an underprivileged area, that you need to have more social resources in this area so that people don't uh, resort to joyriding for amusement in, in the way that's been uh, clearly visible up till now. But you'll also have others say, well, hang on, haven't areas like Cherry Orchard and others that have, have had issues like this, haven't they been given almost disproportionate share of social resources up till now and it clearly hasn't addressed the problem because the crime is still just as prevalent there as it was before. Well, I think you do have certain areas where you need significantly more investment. Um, And yes, there have been resources put into the area in recent years. I mean, if you look at the youth justice strategy that my colleague James Brown is leading on, he's been going right across the country meeting with groups in this year alone and last year, there's over a million has been put into various different youth justice strategies, intervention programmes, working with the Gardaí, and then you'll have funding in the next few weeks through a new stream of funding that I have developed with Minister mm. McGrath, um, where you have money basically coming directly from criminals through the Criminal Assets Bureau, mm. going directly back into communities. I, I, so I don't just you, mean justice issues, though, Minister. Is, uh, sorry to interrupt you. But I, I don't just mean that, but I mean that, you know, other social services that are put in their place. You know, often areas that are associated with having higher crime have the best of playgrounds. They have the best of sports facilities because they've all been put there to try and keep people on the straight and narrow and to give them a constructive outlet. And it doesn't seem to be working in a lot of those cases. Well, I think it works in some areas. I think there's more supports needed in others. Um, and a lot of the conversation that we had the other evening is how do we continue to implement a number of plans that have been developed, not just by the community, but by the local authority, Dublin City Council, specific to Cherry Orchard. So you have a wider regeneration programme and plan that has been developed. But how do we whittle that down and look specifically at Cherry Orchard um, and make sure whether it's the investment in education, because you have a, a wonderful school, St. Ant. Alton's there that is doing a huge amount of positive work but how can we do more so that's bringing in the Department of Education you have I suppose the environs itself and the environment how do we work with Dublin City Council to make sure that they're getting the resources to put it into the community and to be honest what is needed is a community safety partnership and that's something that I'm working on in the department and, and what that is is essentially looking at certain areas 
asking communities to come together. So the Gardaí with the local community, education, TUSLEP, health, all of the different resources, identifying what the problems are in their area and then putting a plan in place and implementing that plan. So we have three pilots of those already operational. But what we need is essentially something very similar for this area, driven by a chairperson, driven by resources from government. And that's what I committed to them the other evening, that we would get this structure put together, that we would put in place a chair and that we would make sure that no matter what, no matter who's in the Department of Justice, no matter who's in government, that that plan would continue. And I think that's what they need and that's what they want. Okay. Um, one question which does uh, arise from all of this as well is how do you ever encourage people who clearly have contempt for for the Guardian and the purpose that they serve? How do you ever deal with that? Because as you mentioned, you know, this this was arguably in response to other stuff that's been going on in policing that has been taking place in Cherry Orchard. Um, it's outlined today in the Sunday Independent that there had been several Garda raids and this is all in response to a recent arrests for uh, involvement in car thefts, dangerous driving, criminal damage and public order offences and that the ramming of the car was seen to be as something of a retaliation against that and I wonder how do you deal with people who clearly have such contempt for guards and the work that they do that even when the guards are just trying to do their jobs that they get rammed and put in hard's way, uh, harm's way like that Well again I think there's there's two responses to that firstly you try and you try and engage with and support young people before it gets to the point where they lose all respect for the law. I mean, you, you, you have to have respect for the law. You have to have respect for Ngarda Shikana. You have to have respect for your community and others. I mean, what happened the other evening showed an absolute contempt for the really hardworking, decent people in that community who 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 condemn this utterly and want nothing to do with this. Um, a lot of this stems from I suppose, an earlier age. And there's so many different ways in which we need to respond to that. It is the youth diversion programmes. It is high visibility policing on the ground where the Gardaí are standing, talking, engaging with younger people, you know, creating that link. It's also tackling the the really serious criminal gangs because you have to remember that, you know, while some of this is antisocial behaviour, some of this is kids having a laugh, a very serious situation though but for TikTok doing things for online which you have very sinister elements as well where you have criminal gangs that are targeting young people they are you know showing them this wonderful life that really isn't very wonderful and part of that is having an absolute disregard not just for the law for the people who impose it so you know I have a bill at the moment which would criminalise the grooming of young people for criminal activity and behaviour so we have to go from one extreme to the next to try and nurture and support people at a younger age so that they don't go down the path where they have absolute disregard Mm. for everybody. But then the people who are encouraging in that path, they need to be put in prison, they need to be put away, they need to be uh, treated with a very heavy hand as far as I'm concerned because they are the ones that are bringing these younger people into the fold Um, and perhaps themselves had been brought into the fold when they're younger but we have to draw a line and say enough is enough at a certain point. Um, A couple of textures Uh, one person is having a go at me for uh, referring to reckless and dangerous driving as joyriding they say that this is the only station that trivialises scumbags who are terrorising good people I think joyriding is just it's the phrase but we're we're clearly talking about people who are stealing cars and and using it to terrorise the community so I I don't think we're trying to dress it up Uh, and somebody else Paul says can you stop focusing solely on Cherry Orchard for this behaviour he says this is common in every council estate whether it's cars or scramblers drugs and guns it's the same in all of them people in those areas don't want mollycoddling please don't use the excuse of there's nothing to do in the area I think to be fair Paul this is an issue which is particularly dominant in Cherry Orchard uh, because as some of today's papers make clear out actually the infrastructure and the physical layout of the area means that it is somewhere that people go to from other parts of the city to engage in in joyriding and in dangerous driving because they believe that the roads are more amenable to it Um, Minister I want to move on from Cherry Orchard but just there's, there's one other 
another uh, text that's come in from someone who claims to be a serving guard and I just wonder what, what response you'd have to them um, they say that there is a massive and I mean massive shortage of guards the recruits aren't there I would never and I mean never recommend this career to anyone we have no assistance from the government other than absolute bull ideas and stupid policies which reduce manpower I must also say that there is wastage in our job that needs to be tackled but there are not enough guardy across the country at all any person thinking of joining now I have just one word for you don't I wonder Minister what you would say to that person listening in today well first I you know I'm sorry to hear that that's what somebody feels and somebody that's working in the in on guard the Shia but I mean you have absolutely wonderful people doing a wonderful job and my job is to make sure that we have more of those people in on guard the Shia there's not enough guard the full stop I've never said that there is and I think we need to keep going even beyond the 15,000 target that I and, and others have have very clearly said we want to get to we have challenges with COVID. We have challenges with getting people in through the recruitment system. But separate to that, it's about making sure the Gardaí have the resources that they need. So, you know, if people don't think the ideas that we're putting forward are helpful, you know, I would suggest Gardaí having body-worn cameras, which we hope to have rolled out and, and piloted next year, will be hugely helpful for Garda protection as well as other types of ways in which it'll help them solve crime, having CCTV and that rolled out more effectively greater guard of powers, which again, I'll have a bill enacted by the end of this year, uh, greater legislation around scramblers, all of these type of things help and assist Gardaí in their job. But I mean, look at the crux of it is making sure we have more Gardaí, higher numbers. Uh, and that's something that is my top priority. We're looking, you know, you mm. said we talk about budget next. Yeah. Uh, next, you know, one of my priorities is making sure that we have the resources there to make sure that as many Gardaí come out of Templemore. And if, if I could maybe just touch on the, the previous text, because it is not just about Cherry Orchard, and I'm very much aware of that, the responses that I've just outlined, so supporting the Gardaí, the community diversion programmes, or the youth diversion programmes, the community safety partnerships, the legislation and scramblers, all of this has been worked on, not just in the last week, but over the last while, okay. acknowledging that, you know, this is not just Cherry Orchard's you know, this happens elsewhere yeah. and how do we make sure that we have the most appropriate response possible? Um, and there's a there's a debate there about the use of body cameras, but I think it's beyond the scope of what we have time for today. Uh, you mentioned there in, in passing that the, the target is to try and have 15,000 uh, uniformed members of the force. Uh, I presume the budget will go some way towards trying to, to uh, achieve that number. I know it's been 800 Gardaí per year for the last few years. Are we likely to see that continue again? Well, look, my intention and, and the Garda's Commissioner's intention is that we will get to a stage, and we haven't been able to do this with COVID-19, but we will get to a stage where we have 200 Garda coming out of Templemore every 12 weeks. So that is my intention. That's the intention in the budget coming up. Um, and it's to make sure that we can have as many as is physically possible coming out of Templemore every year. So for me, resources is not the issue. It's just actually getting people into Templemore. It's, it's the... You know, it, it's 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 making sure that the the structure that has to come through, what is a public appointment service, all of these things, that that can be done as quickly as possible. But that is an absolute priority. Yes. Uh, there is a uh, I don't know whether it, it might well be you. I don't know, but there's certainly an unnamed uh, cabinet colleague of yours who's quoted in today's Sunday papers as saying that if you don't serve in a cost of living department, that they have found this round of budget negotiations to be among the toughest ever. Um, I think it's fair to say justice isn't a cost of living department. How have you found negotiations with Pascal Donahue and with Michael McGrath this year? Well, look, uh, my department has ex- 
engaged, I think, extremely constructively over the last few weeks with um, Michael McGrath's department, but also Pascal Donahue's department. And they're obviously working closely together. Yes, I think it's fair to say we obviously don't have the same type of, of categories or headlines in terms of providing supports directly for people. And this is, you're right, this will be a cost of living budget. This is about supporting vulnerable people, families, businesses. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we have to remain that focus on making sure we have strong, safe communities. So that does mean more investment in Gardaí, not just Gardaí numbers, but also all of the type of resources that they require. And specifically for me as well, it's about investing in domestic violence services. As, as I think anybody knows, it's an area that I have hugely prioritised. We have a really ambitious zero tolerance strategy, which we're rolling out, and that will require mm. additional resources. So these are the kind of things as well as many other areas I've been working with them on, um, you know, and, and I'm happy with where we are now and, and where we will be on Tuesday. Um, but obviously, as you say, it's, it's not the largest part of the budget. But mm. for me, it's it's an extremely important part, given what we've just sure. discussed um, uh, around antisocial behaviour and Gardaí and people being safe and feeling safe mm. as well. Uh, there's a lot in, in today's papers about how the, um, the, the, fi- the finishing touches are still being put to a lot of the enterprise supports about this, uh, the idea of having some sort of support for businesses that are being crippled with energy costs. Um, you could argue that a government that's still trying to figure out how all of that will work 48 hours before it's being announced is a government that hasn't planned itself as best it could. Well, what I would say in, in my almost 10 years in government um, is that you will always have decisions being taken right down to the very wire with uh, the budget because you have so many different departments trying to settle and agree. Uh, you have a lot of different figures and you have a lot of different strands that need to come together. So, you know, it, it, it's always the case. I don't think it's that nobody has planned or that we haven't been discussing what we might or might not do. Um, it's a matter of just getting it all tied down and making sure it works, that it fits, that the supports we provide for business that it coordinates and and supports the other type of measures that will be put in place for families and individuals. So it's just, you know, it, it is um it is always the case that this, you know, it's not decided two or three weeks beforehand because mm. things change even in the day up to the budget. But, you know, from a business point of view, and I think the the Honister reiterated this over the weekend, we have just spent, you know, billions in supporting business through COVID-19 through the various different schemes supporting business providers but also uh, employees and we are not not going to suddenly allow those businesses to have to close their doors or to go to the wall um, in what is another challenge that we're now facing. So every effort and every support will be put in place for businesses as well as it will be for families and as I said, those who are most vulnerable. Uh, Finally, does it make it very difficult when you're you're going to um, ministers Donoghue and McGrath and you're trying to argue your case and you're trying to lay out a vision of what you want to achieve uh, for, for 2023 when very few of you know exactly what department you're going to be in in 2023 or indeed in some cases whether you're going to be in cabinet at all. Does it make it more complicated when you know that you're you're doing all this arguing for resources for 2023 and when New Year's Day comes, you might not be in that department at all? To be honest, that doesn't really, that hasn't even entered my mind. I mean, I'm, I, I have a really, I believe, ambitious programme in the Department of Justice and the way that I approach it is this is the plan that I want to implement and this is irrespective of who's there or not there. These are the priorities that we need to make sure uh, that we have funding for. So it, to be honest, I, I think most colleagues would probably say the same. It, it hasn't even entered my mind um, in terms of planning ahead. I mean, we all have to plan ahead. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but you have to plan ahead. You have to put that plan in place and you have to make sure it's resourced. Um, do you hope that after your, your few months away at the end of this year and the start of next year all going well, would you hope to still be back in the Department of Justice when you return? 
Look, as I said, I have a really ambitious plan. I'd like to continue that, but it really is not my decision. So while I might say, I, you know, I, I'd like to stay and continue the work that I'm doing, it is absolutely not a decision for me. It's a decision for my colleagues and, and the leaders of the parties to make, and I will respect whatever decision is taken. Okay, well, certainly for now, at least, Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime uh, on the record and uh, good luck finalising the rest of the budget because a lot of us will be paying very close attention to whatever's coming up on Tuesday afternoon and afterwards. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.